0: Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we're studying Daf seventy-four, Dafayin Dalat of da Psachim Pesachim. Dafayin is great. We start a new parak, the parak of Ketzad Solin, and we talk about uh, roasting the korban Pesach. What exact? How, how do you roast the korban Pesach? A few different opinions over there. Uh, we get into the sugya of Kivolo Kachpolto The way something comes in is the way it comes out We will discuss that sugya ashtikl And also salting meat So Daf Aindalad has a few different interesting sugyas It isn't particularly difficult So I hope everybody enjoys We're going to start on Daf Aindalad Amr Aleph all the way at the top New Mishnah, New Perak, New Day how do you roast the korban Pesach? So you take a skewer of pomegranate wood. So, and you take the skewer, you stick one end through the mouth, and one end through the... Uh, what's the best way to say it? Uh, I don't know, but... The is of the and then you take the, um, its legs and its intestines, and you put it inside of it. that's a Biosi aglili's opinion. So basically, according to Abiosi aglili, you take this skewer, you stick it through the mouth and the butt of the korban pesach, and then it's just kind of hanging there with its back kind of face down over the fire, and then You had already like, you like, removed all the intestines and all that fun stuff um, from inside of it. So it's like just like a cavity inside of it. And then you take its legs and its intestines and you kind of put it inside of the cavity. And this is how you cook the carbon pesach. So just kind of like on a skewer with its meat kind of facing down, like, you know, like its back, like above the fire. And you got in its in inner cavity you have like it you put its legs and its um intestines and stuff kind of wrap it in there and you have this uh situation over there says that wouldn't work because if you have like the the feet and the and the um intestines like inside the cavity of the lamb well then that's going to basically be like cooking inside of the cavity of the lamb And uh, we don't, the Korban Pesach can't be cooked, it needs to be roasted. So therefore his suggestion is a Tolan Chutzloh, you put the intestines and stuff outside of the lamb. As we are going to see later on, kind of like a helmet, like uh, you put it on top of the head, you know, because you got one end of the pole sticking out of its mouth, so it's got like its head over there, so you can kind of put intestines on top of that, Um, and that's how you kind of roast it. In Solana Sapesach Loala Shipud fullala askalah, you cannot roast a korm Pesach on a metal skewer. We said that it has to be of pomegranate wood, it cannot be of metal, full a la askalah, and you also can't um cook it on a grill. Umr Ib Sadik says Ribbsalik Mahibamliel Shamala Tevi Avdo that there was actually a story with Ram Gamliel, we said to his servant Tevi, Savit Salila no sapesach a la askal Go out and roast for us the Korban Pesach on a grill. So the Gemara is actually going to ask that these two things are kind of opposites. On one hand we said that you can't cook the Korban Pesach on a grill. And then apparently Revan Gamliel told Tevi to cook the Korban Pesach on a grill. So we'll have to figure that out. Wow, this is also really interesting. I, I didn't realize this until just now, but it's interesting that Revan Gamliel... Was instructing Tevi to roast the Korban Pesach, implying that Ramagamliel was um, living during the Beis HaMikdash. I guess that could make sense. Interesting. I thought I always assumed he was just like right after the, the Beis HaMikdash's father, of Magamliel, I think was the last Nasi. So maybe it's possible that he was already kind of like an adult by then. But from the fact that they were offering the Korban Pesach, I guess it must mean. That the Mesemigdish was still around at the time. It says in the Gemara, Vinesi Shalmatechas. The Gemara says, What's wrong with metal? How come the skewer has to be pomegranate wood? What's wrong with metal? So, I did the Cham Miktaosul Chamkula, because Matve v'machmas Ashipud Vachman Omer, Tzliesh v'lo. Tzali Machmas, Davaracher. Let's read that again. So, the answer is, I did the Cham so Chamkula, because a metal skewer. Once even part of it gets hot, the whole thing is going to get hot. And therefore, so you have this skewer. You kind of stuck it through the lamb. So you can have parts of it that are outside of the lamb, right? The part outside of its mouth and its other end. So that is kind of opposite the fire and it'll get hot. But then you have the whole part of the skewer that is like inside the lamb. Um... You know, where like the body of the lamb is kind of protecting it from the heat of the fire. So the, haban- so the question is like, maybe that part of the skewer isn't getting all that hot. So like, what's the problem? So the answer is that once part of the skewer, i.e. the skewers on the outside of the lamb that's opposite the fire. Once that gets hot, well, then the entire skewer is going to get hot. And therefore, the lamb that is sort of skewered with this metal skewer is going to be getting cooked with also in addition to the fire also from the heat of this metal skewer that is stuck through it and therefore that would be cooking from the skewer we need it to be cooking from the fire so I that once the skewer gets partially hot it gets 100% hot and then the lamb is going to be roasted by means of the skewer Whereas the Pasuk says that, that the lamb has to be roasted on fire, not roasted by some other means, which would in this case be a hot skewer. I'm sorry, why don't we bring, um, um like palm tree wood? I did the Isle, because palm wood they have grooves in them and because they have grooves in them so they release water when they get hot and then it will be as though the water that's being released from this skewer of a palm tree and right so 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 this skewer will release water and that water will be considered like some form of bishel for the Korban Pesach, and we need fire. Why don't we bring fig uh, branch skewers? I did the the for a similar reason, which is well, fig branches are, I guess, somewhat hollow. I have some space in there for to have like that, like maybe saps and different kind of liquids get the in there, and then when you heat it up, it's going to release those liquids, and also, it'll be considered like alum. Why don't we bring oak skewers? Shalcharuv, or carib skewers, bishal shikmar, sycamore skewers, I is izbe kitre, ma Well, those woods have knots in them, and since they have knots, when the knots uh, get hot, they release water, and again, it'll be like bishol. Sharimu is izbe But, uh, Pomegranate, what also has knots in it, aren't those going to release water? How come the Mishnah says you're allowed to use pomegranate skewers? Shie kitsre, so the Gemara answers, well, pomegranate branch knots are smooth. Because they're smooth, they don't, wait, because they're smooth, what? They don't release water or they don't need to be removed? It says, there you go, and you don't need to remove them. And because you don't need to, you know, since they're smooth, so I guess you can use it, you can use these pomegranate branches as skewers without really having to remove any knots. And therefore, uh, we're not concerned about any liquids coming out through the knots that you had to remove. Or you could say, it's talking about a sapling that is within, that is within its first year, a pomegranate sapling, that does not have any knots in it but what about where you separated the branch from the tree clearly you had to cut the branch there and therefore if we're concerned about liquids coming out through openings in a branch whether it's because there were knots that you had to remove or because you simply had to cut it off and detach it from the tree from some part of the branch so if we're concerned about Opening, you know, uh, um, parts of the you know, branches of a tree that had to be opened with a knife. And liquids are going to come out and roast the korban pesach. So, what about the fact that, well, the part of the branch where it was initially connected to the tree? Won't water be released from there and be like you're cooking the korban pesach? So, the my answer is, well, the part where it was detached from the tree is not over the lamb, right? Kilu, if you take this, pomegranate skewer and stick it through the mouth of the, you know, one end through the rear end of the um lamb and the other end through the mouth of the lamb, well the part where the branch was connected to the tree will not be over the meat. It will be sticking outside of the lamb. And therefore it won't be dripping onto the lamb and causing some kind of bishul. Mas Nizim Yehuda now, the Gemara says that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yehuda. How come? Tanya, as we learn in the Bible, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer says Rabbi Yehuda, etz, Well, just like a, um, a skewer made of wood, the inside, the, the, the middle part, which is where the lamb is, does not get burnt. Well, also a skewer of metal, Enum does not get super hot Berbuuda says that the part of the of, of a metal skewer that is where the animal is right so there's basically between the fire and the skewer there's the animal so that middle part of the skewer won't get particularly hot um, they said to him they said to Rabiuda, what do you mean that's not true I mean I assume that you should be able to just sort of like experimentally test this and see how hot it gets maybe it's like a particular amount of heat or something like that but the Chacham then argued with Rabbi Yehuda and they said well um, actually the wooden skewer when the outside of it gets hot the inside doesn't necessarily get hot but the metal one the fact of the matter is that when the outside of the metal skewer gets hot the middle of the metal skewer also gets hot and therefore we're concerned that that the metal skewer is going to be what's cooking the Korban Pesach at least partially and not the fire. Okay, so that's the machlokas between Rabiudah and the Chacham. Rabbi says that a metal skewer does not necessarily entirely get hot whereas the Chacham say no, a metal skewer will entirely get hot. V'nos and and then you take the feet and the intestines and you put it in the cavity of the Korban Pesach. Tani R'bishmah korey utoch toch so Bishmal held like Rabbiosiak Lili that you would take the, the feet and the Intestines and stick it into the cavity of the Corbin Pesach and it would and it would um, cook like that And he would call it Toch Toch. We actually had this I think in the Sechda Brachis uh, Like a, some kind of beet Stew that would go Toch 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 um, But here we're saying similarly there be would call the Corbin Pesach that was prepared in this manner where you would take the feet and the intestines and put it inside the cavity and it would basically be cooking Um and you would call it toh toh as well because it would make that kind of sound of like bubbling in some kind of like a bubbling stew. typhon <inaudible> however, he held like Rebekiva's view which is that you would take the intestines and stuff and put it on top of the head of the Korban Pesach and therefore it was like a helmet as Rashi points out that kova de choshes Kova Nechoshes is translated to Aramaic as kulsa de So a kova, like a hat, a helmet is a is kulsa. So makulas is like a helmeted goat, meaning you're gonna take the intestines and put it on top of the head of the goat. That will be a helmet. But in this case, this helmet probably won't be protecting the goat very much. It's a little too late. Too little, too late. Tanarabon. So the rabbis taught, what would be an example of a akulas that we mentioned a few weeks ago um, that you would not be allowed to roast on, on, on Pesach night? Right? We had said on Daf somewhere. Where is that Daf? Hmm. Where is that Daf? Daf Nun we had said on Daphnun Gimel that there are certain places where they have a minig not to, to not eat roasted meat on pesach night. So this Bryce is saying that in those places where they have such a minig, so what would be considered a gdima kulos that people would refrain from eating on Seder on Seder night? So kosh slow kulo ke So it's a kulas if you roast it entirely in one piece. Nechtach menu aver. But if one limb was removed from the body of the lamb or kid, or if um, a limb was boiled from the sheep. Now, the assumption right now is what it means is that if either you remove, uh, like a limb, let's say a leg, or not only do you remove it but you then also boil it. that would no longer be considered a Makulas, a gadi that was roasted like all in one go on a spit. Let's read that again. So hashta, so now we could say that in the case right meaning remember, we're assuming for now. That Nechtach Mmenu ever means that you, like, let's say, removed a limb from the Korban Pesach. Well, no, not from Korban Pesach. This is after, this is, this is But you remove a limb from this lamb. And because you removed the limb, even though you're mamish cooking it over the same fire as the rest of the, you're roasting it over the same fire as the rest of the lamb, but since you separated it from the lamb, we're saying that it would no longer be considered Makulas, right? Even though you're roasting this removed limb together with the rest of the body of the animal. And we said that that would no longer be considered mikulas. Do we even need to say that if you didn't cook this limb that you removed with the rest of the animal, but you then went and boiled it, that it would not be considered mikulas? Obviously it's not going to be considered mikulas. When you remove the limb and roast it right next to the animal. We say that's no longer considered Makulas. If you're taking a boil it elsewhere. Obviously it's not makulas So, Mavshesha Shashalka B'Mechuber. So, Mavshesha so says that this is talking about where you boiled it while it was still connected to the animal. Mm-hmm. So, on one end, it's still a complete animal. On the other end, it's partially boiled. And we're saying that that would not be considered a Gedi Okay. And I guess, theoretically then, I guess... If you assume that the only issue of roasting meat on Lele Seder is to do it just like the way that they would do it in the the you know, during the time of the Besamikdash, then this would no longer be that way. Okay, but I assume that if there was just like an issue of just eating roasted meat in general, well, I assume that this, at least the roasted part, would be considered roasted, you know. What do you guys think? Zakti Gemara Amar Raba says Rabba hi Sharia Interesting So it says Rabbah Mulyusa is permitted Who could tell me what Mulyusa is? Very good Mulyusa is, is um, stuffing Stuffing So like You know imagine like Let's say you have a turkey or something And you use stuffing So let's say you have a lamb And you stuff the lamb But you stuff it with um, Meat You stuff it with meat You stuff lamb with meat So now this meat So interestingly, when it comes to meat that you slaughter, of course, you have to salt it by salting it it removes the blood. The thing is that I'm not an expert here, but what I understand is that you have to salt it to varying degrees based on how you're preparing to how you're planning to cook it. So if you're planning to boil it, so, you know, and it's just going to be boiling in its own juices, well, then you're going to want to salt it more um, to make sure that you remove the blood in advance that then when you boil it uh there's not no longer going to be any blood however if you're going to roast it then Rosh at least seems to be implying that you have to salt it a little bit but not more than a little bit meaning if you roast the animal since whatever blood that will be extracted while it's roasting will just kind of drip into the fire and not into itself so you don't have to salt it as much just a little bit would suffice so now What Rabbah is saying is that if you take a lamb and you stuff it with meat, so what does he say? So he says, Shari, just to salt it a little bit, meaning to the same degree that you would salt roasted meat, you could salt this meat that you're going to use as stuffing inside of the lamb. Now, the concern here is that, well, if you're stuffing this meat inside of the lamb, well then maybe it'll be considered like it's cooking inside of the lamb. And this is similar to like what we were saying about Rabbi Yosei Aglili's opinion about the Korban Pesach, that you could take like the legs and the intestines and put it in the cavity. And Rabbi Akiva said, well, that would be like you're cooking it, and therefore that would be a problem. So here in the case, not of Korban Pesach, but just in general, in the case of stuffing a lamb with meat, Rob is saying that you only need to salt the meat a little bit. What about the fact, well, if you're only salting a little bit, there's still going to be blood there. And then it's going to be cooking inside of this lamb. So while you might be roasting the lamb, but the meat that's inside of the lamb is going to be cooking, right? Like boiling, like in its own juices and its own blood. So I'm so a Rab- rabba says that this stuffed, this lamb stuffed with meat is, is permissible, even though the meat you're only um, like salting, you know, not, you know, um, lightly. But one second, how could that be? Because if you're not salting that meat, the, the meat stuffing much, well then there's going to be still blood in it. And if there's blood, it's going to be absorbed by the lamb in which the stuffing is cooking. So, to which Rabbi responds, well, in the same manner that it gets absorbed, it also gets absorbed um, 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 excreted and therefore just like yeah sure the blood that's in the stuffing is going to be absorbed into the lamb but is also but it is also going to be um i don't know i feel like excreted isn't the right word maybe like expunged expelled maybe is good it's going to be expelled also from the lamb into the fire right so you have this lamb it's cooking on a fire and due to the heat, this meat that's in, that's stuffing the lamb is going to heat up and there's blood and it's going to get into the lamb. But then the heat will then also bring that blood out of the lamb and have it drip into the fire. Okay. Name Misayele. So let's say that the following supports Rabbah's assertion of Kivola kachpulta that as it gets absorbed, it also gets expelled. No sein as of the soho. Well, our Mishnah said. That you could take the intestines and the feet of the korban pesach and stick it into the cavity of the korban pesach, and we're not concerned that whatever blood might be there will be getting into the lamb. My time, is not because like rabbi says that kavolo that whatever blood might be getting absorbed into the pesach lamb, it will also be expelled into the fire made of dive. So we say, no, it's not necessarily a good proof, because the reason why Rabbiosa Glili says to stick the intestines and the feet into the lamb is not because of Kuvallo Kachpolto, it's because since the lamb, there's the, you slit the throat of the lamb and you got a big opening there, um, in the neck. So any of this blood from the intestines and the feet would just ooze out of the slit in the neck, um, And therefore it would be expelled that way but not necessarily inherently because of the way that it gets absorbed into the meat of the animals also how it would, you know, continue on into the fire, right? So made of daiv, it's going to sort of flow out of the neck of the Korban Pesach. The following supports Raba to assert Kavolo Kach Polto. Haleiv, the heart. If you have an animal, you kill it. In a kosher way, and then you tear out the heart. Koro motzi as you tear out the heart and you and you remove its blood. Lo koro, what if you didn't do that? What if you didn't initially tear out the heart of the animal? Koro Well, don't worry, you could still um, tear it out after you do bishul. And the assumption for now is that bishul here. As Rashi brings a proof from Apostle bishul could also mean roasting. So the assumption is that you're roasting it. So we're saying that if you want to roast an animal, you should first remove the heart and take out the blood from the heart. However, if you didn't do that, you can always do it afterwards. And that's okay. My time. It's not because we say that any blood that was in the heart that would have been absorbed, I guess, into the meat, I guess, of the heart, um would have also been expelled by the heat, right? So the kevala, as it would get absorbed in the meat, um, that's also how it would be expelled from the meat. So the gemara says, no, that's not why shiny leiv Shia. No, the heart is unique in that it's smooth. The meat of the heart is smooth. Because it's smooth, um, it won't absorb any of the blood anyways. Okay? The rovin sava by by gozola, lirab, so Rav Sava, he made some kind of pastry with meat in it, maybe some kind of a kuba of sorts or I feel like there's some other pastry that that I'm that I'm not remembering what it's called, some kind of like maybe like Moroccan pastry that you could probably get in like Shukmachna Yehuda. It's like you know, pastry dough with meat in it. Yeah, I don't know. What are those things called? Or maybe like what are they at like Ishtabach, right? There's some here from Nachlaot, like that Ishtabach stuff. What were those things called? Where they have like dough, and they just put like a whole bunch of meat and stuff in it. So it sounds like Rav and Sava made um, some kind of meat pastry for Rav. Now, the interesting thing about meat pastries pastries is that you have meat in them, I guess. <laughs> and and um, so if the meat isn't properly salted, well then we have to be concerned about the blood getting in the pastry. Okay. So, He says, look, so Rav said, look, if it tastes really good, then I would like to eat it. So we see that Rav seemed to have no issue eating this um, pastry that had meat in it, even though the, the, the blood from the meat may have gotten into the pastry. So bismida so so the um, so the Gemari answer is no, you can't necessarily bring a proof from there because I was talking about pastry dough that was made from like very fine flour and because it was made from such fine flour it's like flaky like a pastry dough and it's flaky and you can assume that any blood that may have been in the meat would have um, kind of come out on its own since the dough wouldn't really keep that blood in there very well ok so it's not necessarily an issue of Kevolo Kach that as it gets absorbed it gets released or where you can assume that it didn't really get very much absorbed in the first place because since it's like a, a flaky dough any blood would have probably just come out on its own and therefore you can eat that dough that very flaky and here is going to be a question against Rabba against saying Kevolo Kach that Rabba he visited the Reish Kallusa, Okay. And also they gave him some pastry with like um, goose meat. Omar Lo to which Rava said, if not for the fact that I noticed that this pastry dough is as clear as white glass, I would not eat it. Meaning only because I'm completely certain that there's no blood in this pastry dough, that is why I'm willing to eat it. But if I had any doubts I would not eat it and I would not say K'volo kach so we see, an Raba. V'yisagadayatech K'volo and if you hold like Raba that K'volo my iria kizig afilu kiz, kilozig nami So then if you say like Raba that like, K'volo kach as the blood gets absorbed it also gets expelled well then why would Raba say that he would only eat it if the if he you know that he's only going to eat it because he sees that the dough is as white as as clear as white glass. But if we say Kivolo kach that's just Memele, as the blood gets absorbed in the dough, it will also be expelled from the dough, so who cares if the dough is as clear as white glass? You can assume that there's no blood in here. It was expelled. So from the fact that Rava is concerned, so then it's going to be a Kashan Ravah who says there's no reason to be concerned. So how's um well first of all, by the way, Rava is younger than Rava, so it's not, it's not. It's not like there's a brisa contradicting Rava, but still, we seem to be assuming that you know, from the fact that Rava is saying it, you know, why is he saying it? Why? 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 Why isn't he simply agreeing with Rava and saying Kakhpoto? Anyways, the Gemara answers de that in the case of Rava at the reish Galuso, it wasn't with very fine flour like in the case of Rav, rather it was white flour, which was a thicker. Flour and therefore, because it was a thicker flour, um, the blood would not really be able to. You wouldn't be able to say kavala The blood wouldn't be able to leave very easily. And for that reason, Rava said that you know he would only eat it if he could be certain that there was no blood in the dough. and the is the smida. So when it comes to very fine pastry dough, like with Rav ben as ben ben loasmik sharia. Whether the dough is red, whether the dough is clear, either way it's permitted because you can assume that any real blood that was in the meat, Mimela went out through the dough since the dough is flaky. if it's this white flour which is a thicker flour, so then, So if it's as clear as white glass, well then, that's fine, you can eat the dough like Rava did but if it's not as clear as white glass so then you cannot eat this dough because we have to be concerned that the that blood was absorbed into the dough and it had no way of escape of escaping which is just like what Rava did. The now other uh, flowers which are not quite as flaky as the fine flower of Rav and also not quite as thick as the white flower of Rava will then asmik also the asmikshari if it's red, so then it'll be a problem because, uh, well, because you have to assume that there's blood darting. But if, it, if, if if it's not red, well, then uh, it's fine because it's kind of this medium flower where things can kind of just like uh, exit. Fine. Meaning if it's red, so then you have to be concerned. But if it's not red, then you can assume that the blood exited on its own. Let's go weiter. Okay, so now going back to Rabba's Mulyusa, this lamb that was stuffed with meat. Okay, so so if you say that you're not allowed to stuff this lamb with meat unless it was salted properly. so That's even if when you're roasting this lamb on a spit and you stuffed it with other meat. If you say that you're not allowed to do that unless you salt it properly, that's even if the opening of the neck of the lamb was facing downwards, i.e. that there was more of a chance of whatever blood was there dripping out through the opening. Mandashari um, afilu And the mandamu says that you're allowed to stuff a lamb with meat and that that would be acceptable. That's even if the slit of the throat is facing upwards and there's less of a chance that the blood is going to exit through the slit in the neck. But nonetheless, if you say that it's allowed, it's allowed even if the slit in the neck is facing upwards. And the halacha is that a lamb stuffed with meat is permitted even if the slit in the neck is facing upward. Very beautiful imagery. Although, I guess if you're... I can imagine that people enjoy eating lambs roasted on spits. So, maybe it sounds appealing. the Gemara, umza raw meat, testicles. Umizuke, and, um, like veins, uh, like arteries in the neck of an animal. Pligiba, Ravacha, Ravina, we have machlokas between Ravacha and Ravina. Buchalator, Kula, Ravacha, Luchumma, Ravina, Luchula. Now, the Gemara gives a interesting parenthetical note, which is that, um, in general, when you have a machlokas between Ravacha and Ravina, now I'm not sure which Ravacha this is, there's a million Ravachas, but, so I'm not sure which one, but in general, when you have Machlokas between Rav'acha and Rav'ina, Rav'acha is going to be the more strict opinion, and Rav'ina will be the more lenient opinion. V'okhsak Rav'ina Lakula, and we generally pask in the like Rav'ina, to be more lenient. L'var me'an with the exception of the following, th- well, with the exception of these three cases that we just listed. Raw meat, testicles, and um, arteries in the neck of an animal. To Ravacha le Kula, that in these cases, Ravacha is the one who's being more lenient, and Ravina is the one who's being more stringent. Interesting. Vilch's like Ravacha le Kula, and Rav Acha is like Ravacha, to be lenient. So, in general, when you have machlokas between Ravacha and Ravina, Ravina is the lenient opinion, and we hold like him. However, there are three examples where Ravacha is the lenient opinion, and we hold like him. So, it's always going to be the lenient opinion. Interesting. Hi umtza, the Asmik. So, if you have red meat, red raw meat, if you cut it up and you salt it, like you salt it well, I feel like shari, you can even cook it, you know, boil it. Because if you salted it well enough, there's no more blood, you could boil it. Bishipuda, if you cook it by sticking skewers through the meat and and cooking it over fire. Well then shari, you can um it's permitted even, as Rashi points out, it's permitted even with like a little bit of, of, uh, of, uh, as Rashi says, So you still need a little bit of salt. I don't know these halachas, right? But Rashi's opinion seems to be, I, I could see, I can, I could certainly imagine there being a machlokas, you know, I, I could, I can imagine there being opinions that say you don't have to salt it, salt it at all if you roast it. But anyways, Rashi's opinion seems to be, that you have to at least salt it a little bit, and then you can, um, roast it over fire, um, because whatever blood is in there will, will kind of drip out. Okay? If you place this raw meat directly on coals, well then, pligibo ravacha This is where you have machlokas between and ravina. Chad osso shari. So, I guess, going by our rules that we laid out in advance. So, Ravina is going to say that it's not allowed, and Ravacha is going to say that it is allowed. Manda tsamis. So, Ravina, who says Osr, well, it's because when by putting the meat on the coals, it's going to shrivel up. And because it's going to shrivel up, it's going to be trapping whatever blood was inside of it. And Ravacha, who says that it's permitted to eat this meat, um, he says, well, because the coals are going to draw out any blood that was in there. And the halacha is, like that the blood will be drawn out of this meat that was placed on the coals. Interesting. Similarly, testicles. If you cut them and salt them, then you can even um, put them in a pot. You know, if they're salted well enough and there's no blood, you can put it in a pot. Talinu bit if you uh, cook them on a skewer, sharyan made of diet, well then it will be permitted even with a little bit of salt because um, the blood that was in it will flow out. Achtinu agumrei, if you put them on directly on coals, well then pligiba ravina. We have the we have the same machlokas between Ravach and Ravina, um, Ravina says, also, Ravacha says, Mutter, Manda, Osir, and Samus, Thomas, Thomas, Ravina says, also, it's because they will sort of, um, shrivel up and trap whatever blood was inside of them. And, um, Ravacha, who says it's permitted, says, well, no, the coals are going to draw out the blood. Mizuke, and similarly, um, you know, if the, the veins in the neck of the animal, if you cut them up and you salted them, you could even boil them if you've salted them properly. If you cook them on a skewer, made of dove, as long as the um, the area where the neck was slit, as long as it's facing downwards, well then it would be permitted, I guess probably just with a little bit of salt, since whatever blood will was there will ooze out of the downward facing base ashrita. If you put it directly on coals, then we have machlokas, ravacha, and ravina, chad osu, vachad shari. Ravina says osser, ravacha says mutter, manda osu, mitsamis, tsamis. So, ravina, who says osser, it's because the veins and stuff are going to shrivel up and trap the blood, umandashari, mitshaiv, shav, and Rav Acha says it's permitted. He says, no, the, coal, the coals will um, draw it out. Draw out the blood. And lacha is like Rav Acha, that the coals will draw out the blood from the veins, um, not trap them in. Sounds like exciting times. says the Gemara, So if you have red raw meat, so whatever, so there's two opinions here. One opinion is whatever like juices come out of it while you're cutting it would be awesome because you have to assume that they're blood. The other option, which I think is kind of what Rashi maybe operates with, is that you, if you boil some kind of like pickling, if you boil, if you take this meat and then you like boil it in vinegar or I think even, what does he say? I guess after you roast it, you would then um, boil it or pour some kind of Boiling, no, it sounds like, yeah, you, I don't know, maybe take boiling vinegar and either pour it over it or roast it. Somehow you'd be getting, um, it in boiling vinegar. Um, and that's what this, um, this is what this vinegar is. Okay, so if you have, I guess, raw meat that you roasted and then you boiled it in vinegar, so us here, right? So if it's, if it's red, so then, this vinegar will be also low asmic But if it's not red, if this meat isn't red, maybe after it was cooked, it was no longer red. So then, this vinegar will be permitted. Ravina Ravina is um, more stringent, and he says that even if the meat is not red, still the vinegar is going to be forbidden because the efshar delays, but shurai because there's got to be some amount of blood in that vinegar even if you can't see it there's got to be certain streaks of blood in there therefore it's also he says my father would drink this vinegar okay the, the some say that Ravashi himself would drink this vinegar alright sounds good to me would you guys want to drink that vinegar I don't know. Omer leh, mar bar meymah lehavashi, abba de dekhaled bey chada zimna, su tani khaled bey. So, mar bar meymah says to Ravashi that his father, once he used vinegar for, like, cooking this meat and extracting the blood that way, I guess, he would no longer use the same vinegar a second time. Ma hakam? I'm sorry, ma ishna masma dekhaltinan bey. To which the Gemara says, why should this be any different than weak vinegar that you're allowed to use, right? Meaning, if you have strong vinegar and you already used it once to boil meat. So, my bar is saying that his father wouldn't use it a second time. Why not? Because it's weak? Well, you're allowed to use weak vinegar. So, the Gumari answers, The difference is that weak vinegar, even if it's weak, but still the, the fruit itself is intact. Meaning if you have a vinegar that just isn't super strong, but you never used it, you never cooked it before, it just isn't a particularly strong vinegar, but whatever fruits are in the vinegar are still intact, so that is actually going to be stronger than a strong vinegar that was already used to boil some kind of a meat, because whatever sort of strength inherent in the fruits was already removed once it was boiled the first time in the stronger vinegar, whereas in the weaker vinegar they are nonetheless still intact, and you would be able to use them to cook this meat and extract the blood. All right. That was the Avayin Dalad of Misachta Psachin. I think it was pretty interesting. There were some interesting things. It actually ended up being a little bit bigger than I thought it would be. But anyways, we started the new parak of Ketzat We talked about roasting the Korban Pesach. Rabiosi Aglili's opinion is that you would, you know, of course, you would have the Korban Pesach on a spit. And then you would take the intestines and the feet and you would put it inside the cavity of the Korban Pesach. And then it would almost be kind of like boiling in there, which is what Rabbi Akiva didn't very much like. He said, what do you mean? That's boiling. So he said, no, take the intestines and stuff and put it on top of the, you know, take the intestines and put it on top of the head of the animal. All right. Then we got into the sugya that Rabbah brought up about. Kivolo um, kachpalto, right? And he brought it up in the context of, of some kind of a lamb stuffing. If you have a lamb, then you take meat and you put it inside of the lamb, and then you cook it all together. So he says that it's fine because any blood that might get absorbed into the lamb will then be expelled from the lamb into the fire. Um, then we brought some supports, some questions, whatever it is. But in the end, we seem to be saying that you that that would be acceptable. Okay, fine. And. Um, and we got into the suya of salting meat and we made some distinctions. We said, well, when it comes to boiling meat, that would require the most stringent level of salting. When it comes to roasting meat, at least according to Rashi, you just have to salt it a little bit and then um, you can assume that any other blood would just kind of um, drip out into the fire. And the other option was coals, which is where we had a machlokas between Ravina and Rav Acha. The Rav Acha said you would be allowed to put Meat directly on to coals without salting it properly, because the coal, uh, Ravacha says that the coals will draw out um, any blood, and therefore it's permitted. Ravina says it's not allowed because the coals are going to shrivel up the meat and you know uh, um, trap any blood that was inside of it. Therefore, it's not allowed. However, that was the Af I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. Peace.